I have never in my life heard anyone play like that. He improvised on a theme which I gave him as I never heard even Mozart improvise. He overcomes all difficulties and draws effects from the piano such as the rest of us couldn't allow ourselves to dream about. What stunned everyone who heard Ludwig van Beethoven was the sheer passion and power of his playing. And that was on the early pianos that existed then much smaller and lighter than the grand pianos which were developed in later years, and which we are accustomed to now. Beethoven's power meant that often the keys would stick, or the strings would break. He wasn't a handsome man. He was small, rather plain, with an ugly red pockmarked face, said one contemporary, and his appearance wasn't helped by his dark, shaggy, untidy hair and his proud manner. Yet no one, not even princes and counts, dared treat him like a servant and order him to play. Soon, in addition to his fame as a pianist, Beethoven began to be known as a composer. He wrote works for piano trio, violin, cello and piano, dances for small orchestras, the second of his five piano concertos. Ahead of him seemed success after success. But something was wrong. He was twenty-eight and apparently quite strong in his constitution, when he began noticing that he didn't seem to hear as clearly as he used to. The worst tragedy that could happen to any musician was about to happen to one of the finest musicians in the world. In a letter written in 1798 to a friend, he admitted this for the first time. For some time my hearing has been growing progressively weaker, on top of which my ears now hum and buzz continuously day and night. For two years I have avoided almost all social gatherings, because it is impossible for me to say to people, I am deaf. He couldn't imagine that he would go totally deaf. He continued to live the life of a pianist, but the truth was beginning to dawn on him, and others were noticing. One day he was walking in the countryside with a friend, Ferdinand Rees. Rees remembered, Suddenly from the slope on the other side of the valley came the sound of a shepherd's pipe, whose unexpected melody under the clear blue sky in the deep solitude of the woods made a remarkable impression on me. Since Beethoven was sitting next to me, I commented on this. The sounds continued so bright and clear that it was not possible to miss a single note. He listened, but I was able to see from his expression that he heard nothing. They walked on, Reese becoming sad because he realized the tragedy that was to happen. Beethoven walked on, trying not to think about going deaf, and instead thinking about his music. At one point, Beethoven thought of killing himself, but he then decided that while he obviously could not continue much longer as a pianist, he could devote himself to composition. I will take fate by the throat. It shall not wholly overcome me, he wrote. And he started to compose more. Composing did not come as easily to Beethoven as it did to Mozart. Beethoven started with a small idea, and put it in his notebook. Then he would add to it, expand it, 
change it, develop it, and gradually a whole marvellous work would emerge. This was particularly true as he became deaf. The first years of the nineteenth century became an immensely creative time for him. The worse his hearing got, the more the inner sounds of his mind seemed to become clearer and more intense. One of them was the Moonlight Sonata. Piano Sonatas the first of his seventeen string quartets, for two violins, viola and cello, sonatas for violin and piano, and the first three of his symphonies, his only opera, Fidelio, and many other pieces poured from his pen between 1799 and 1805.